Maddie and welcome to Books, Books and More Books. In today's episode we'll be looking at the big what if, going over some reading tips, doing a quick book review and possibly doing a tweet or two at the end, we'll see. If you're interested, you can always take a look at my Instagram, it's at bookishbabblers if you want to keep up with what I'm reading. But without further ado, let's get into this new thing that I call the big what if. So this is another new segment attempt. And it's kind of just a really random idea that I came up with on the fly because I thought it was quite cool. It might work, it might not, it might be completely disastrous, but the idea is that we pick a situation that would never really happen in these books and discuss what would happen and which characters would be involved. I think, I think you'll get it, but it's like a... Yeah, it's, it's just all hypothetical. So our book today is a selection because I feel like using the books for something other than them sitting on a shelf because they do quite a lot of sitting on the shelf to be honest. Honestly, first three books were good, last two books were rubbish, didn't like Edelin anyway, we can get into that another day. But anyway, our topic of conversation is what if Maxon actually gave America a love potion? Sounds very weird, sounds strange, I know, but I thought it would be interesting to induce the idea Induce, introduce the idea of magic into a dystopian world. I told you it was going to be random, I gave you a warning. But anyway, I was originally going to phrase this question the other way around so that America gave Maxon the potion, but I thought it was probably a better idea to do it this way around because it was just kind of more interesting. Like, yeah. First off, I can really see Maxon doing this. I mean, perhaps he picked up some tips from watching his dad work for so many years as how he, you know, how he got things done, murdering people and whatnot. But anyway, it would kind of explain a few things about why America kind of like fell for him. Cause you know, they were kind of like, ooh, ooh, you know, America kind of like hated him for a bit. And while I believe that their love story does exist, I've kind of always wondered if America actually got over Aspen properly. Because you know how some people end up like hanging on to people that they love and they never, they're, they're always the one that got away. I kind of wonder if Aspen's like that for America. Maybe the potion didn't make them fall completely in love, but just built on a potential relationship, you know? There's like maybe, maybe they, maybe Maxon in America like had a thing and the potion made it a bigger thing or something. But maybe Aspen found out while guarding Maxon, because you know he gets sent into the guard, he found out from Maxon and agreed to keep it from America because Aspen knew that it would destroy her if she knew that the person she'd fallen in love with had tricked her, you know? Maybe Aspen was like, you know? They would, he was like, I'm gonna protect my friend. I think I could probably see Aspen doing that to keep America safe and happy because he, like really realized that it would break her if she knew that it was all fake. You know, I think that'd be quite cool. But maybe, you know, the rebels, maybe they gave Max on the potion and maybe the rebels are magic and that's why they're rebels because they're outcasts. People don't like them because they're magic but nobody's gonna admit that they're outcasts. You know, that'd be quite cool. It really just, it would add a nice new dynamic to the series. But to be honest, I'm just glad it didn't get there. To be honest, you know, I think that would have been a bit confusing. Personally, I love Max America. That's what I'm going to call them. I have no idea if they have an actual ship name, but if they don't, that's my petition for it. Max America, you know, I think that'd be cool. 
But anyway, I, I kind of made it up on the spot, but that's what we're going to go with. I don't know if it's canons. Can somebody tell me if it's canon? Because that would be really cool. Anyway, personally, I really wouldn't enjoy finding out that their entire relationship is fake, you know? That would really ruin the books for me because they have such a good, stable, happy, loving relationship. And yeah, Edelyn's stuck up and spoiled and annoying, but she's still a good character. And you know, I'm glad that they have a family. <laughs> you know, I'm happy for them, so don't spoil it with a love potion. Don't. The series wrapped up, don't pull a JK Rowling, please. All in all, I thought the whole what if segment was fun, but a bit crazy. You know, I feel like it kind of jumped around quite a lot. I just kind of splurged my ideas. But my opinion doesn't really matter. So if you want if you guys want to let me know if you liked it or you hated it or whatever, you know, let me know through Anchor if you listen on that or you can find me on my Instagram and tell me. But yeah, that would be lovely for some feedback. So I now wanted to share some reading tips with you. I think I did this a while ago when the podcast was all chaotic and unplanned and I thought you know I should probably do a better job this time and actually script it to know what I'm going to say but yeah my first tip is get comfortable some people you know they don't find comfort an issue when they're reading but for me it can really make the difference between leaving a good review and a bad review on a book personally I like to be sat on my bed or sat somewhere nice and soft which is warm but not too warm, you know, just the optimum temperature, maybe some pillows or a blanket. Just find somewhere that you're comfortable if that is going to be an issue for you. Because if you don't enjoy reading when you're, you know, sat in a plastic chair or something, just don't do it. You know, it's going to make a difference to your book. Just don't do it. Just read the book where you're really going to jam with it, you know. And obviously, the thing that makes you comfortable is going to vary from person to person, but I honestly recommend going out the way to make sure that your reading environment is comfortable. It's like you wouldn't, well, you might, but you wouldn't sit and watch an entire film sat on like a really uncomfortable like plank of wood or something, you know, you'd get fed up and you'd go and find a pillow or something. Do that for your reading. It's the same thing. Prioritise. There's a reason why they put comfy seats in cinemas. Anyway, tip two is get some water or a drink. I find it very easy to forget to drink when I'm reading and I'm all wrapped up and, you know, I'm engaged in the story. But we all know that we need to stay hydrated. So get yourself a water bottle or a nice cup of your favourite beverage. And that way you don't have a headache when you finish reading. You won't be wondering why you're so thirsty. You won't come out of reading grumpy because you just haven't drunk anything all day. I've done this before. I've just like read for a solid day and I just didn't drink anything. And then I was like, oh, anyway, tip three is kind of, uh, it depends really on the kind of person you are. But I am someone who is very kind of listy. I have to be organized. I have to get things right. So start recording the books you read. It doesn't, you don't have to do it in a really formal way. But if you don't already do this and you want to know how to do it and you want to, you know, you want to be able to look back in a few years and be like, oh yeah, I read that book. That was really good. I'll pick that up again, you know? So I would recommend using Goodreads um, or which is an app online that you can get and you can add all the books you buy on Amazon from it. And 
it keeps track of your reading you can add quotes you can read other people's reviews you can write reviews give it star ratings or alternatively you can keep a list of books that you've just read just write them down so i do both of that i also keep a book journal which i haven't done for this month yet i need to do some of that oh that's bad but anyway i keep a book journal because i quite like bullet journaling and bullet planning i'm not very good at it but if you enjoy it and you find it relaxing do it just go for it 100 percent. so yeah basically keep track of your reading I, a really good way to do it is um i keep a Basically, I have a piece of paper that I use as a bookmark and I use this piece of paper religiously and it's, it says something like, all hail the mighty piece of paper that I have used as a bookmark for and then it's just got long lists of all the books that I use this bit of paper for. Like I've had to go onto the other side of the paper now, I've used it for so many books. So it's kind of cool. But yeah, definitely go for a journal if you're creative, go for Goodreads if you, you know, you like stuff on your phone write a list if you can't be bothered to do anything else it's really up to you. you obviously you don't have to track your reading if it puts if you feel it puts extra pressure on you and takes out some of the joy of reading but seriously just go for it you know it's, it's actually quite a fun pastime tracking reading it that's such a nerdy thing to say but you know what i mean it's just good fun anyway they are my top three tips on reading efficiently and comfortably and enjoying reading why not try them out see if they work for you and see if they enhance your reading experience. Next up is my review of Chain of Gold by Cassandra Clare. So, Chain of Gold follows the children of the characters of the inter... <laughs> the infernal devices, not the internal devices. It follows the children and characters of the infernal devices on their adventure of mystery, intrigue and romance through Edwardian London. So, Chain of Gold is a brand new series in the Shadowhunters Chronicles, and I'm super excited because it was really cool, and I really loved it. It was just great fun. So, this book was intense, I have to say. There was, it was very intense. There was just, I felt like there was a lot going on all the time, and there's so many characters. Like, don't get me wrong, I loved a lot of them and wanted to punch some others, and that's good, but I kind of did find it confusing knowing who was related to who, and how that everyone, you know? I feel like if it was me in that situation, I'd almost end up marrying my cousin by accident because there's just so many of them. But <laughs> that being said, I loved reading about so many familiar characters and families because The Infernal Devices is one of my favorite series and it's so nice to you know, just catch up with them again and see how their families are getting on. So, I said that a lot was going on, I think there was a lot going on, but I also felt like the overarching plot of this series hasn't really begun yet. In some ways, it was kind of just a setting up, but with a lot of subplots going on. And surprisingly, I actually really enjoyed that because it gave me some time to just connect myself with the characters, kind of get the story straight with all of them. And it just let you familiarise yourself with the situation and just dive into this place. There is definitely plot within the within there, you know, you got this weird demon sickness thing that killed Barbara. But it was nice for that not to be the main problem for every single character, you know, it was nice for 
these shadow hunters because a lot of them are teenagers it's nice for them to kind of have grown up in a world where they didn't have so much violence like in their childhood and stuff that was it was nice to read about basic shadow hunters like without all the war and stuff and this next point is kind of weird i felt like i'd kind of do a bit more of a random review because i kind of felt like it but anyway <laughs> this next point is that i hate grace blackthorn I hate. How dare she just get in the way of James and Cordelia with her weird magic bracelet thing. I swear that thing is charmed. I don't know if it is, but I swear. I swear it is. She thinks she can just saunter in with her stupid mother and just take James away from Cordelia. I do not get why James would stay with her. She's so annoying and so obsessed and she doesn't do anything else. And James is so blind not to realise that Cordelia is right there in front of him and she's like, ah, you know? And while they are to be married, I'm still just a little upset that Grace decided to get in the way. I don't know if I missed something, but I'm pretty sure Grace, Grace's bracelet, Grace's bracelet is charmed, I swear. I swear it's charmed with like a love potion or something, because there is no way that James would just leave Daisy after they fought a demon together. You know, they were there. They, they had it going and then they were just like, no, Grace, I was so mean. Anyway. Grace, setting Grace aside, I did really love some of the characters, like quite a lot of them to be honest. I'd say that I think Anna is my favourite because she's just so cool, she's so confident, she's amazing. And I'm really hoping to get to see more of her or that we can read about her in a set of novellas like Simon and Tales from the Shadowhunter Academy, you know, how he was heavily featured through that. I'd love to see one about Anna because she's so cool. <laughs> I thought she was just really well written and I thought that the flashbacks that showed you know like her journey of discovering who she was were really interesting really engaging and i love anna basically there we go yeah i think i've probably said that before but yeah i also loved seeing the merry thieves so james matthew christopher and thomas that's their name together i loved watching the work and plans together because they they were just written together well, you know, they are meant to be together in words. That makes no sense, but their friendship just seems so genuine and it, you know, it always made me smile whenever I read about them and now if ever like art of them all like just chilling out, like writing about stuff or messing around, you know, it just makes me smile. It's really cute. It's yeah, I just like seeing them and their quests. Finally, in terms of characters, I loved Lucy's weird ghost abilities. I liked the fact that they were just really weird and no one knew anything more than the reader did. You know, I feel like with Tessa's shapeshifting ability, there was a slight bit of people knowing what was going on. Like, I feel like a few people knew what was going on. Whereas this time, everyone's in the dark. Lucy's in the dark, you know, no one knows what the hell is going on with her. But yeah, I think her friendship with Jesse was really interesting. And I think it added a lot more depth to the book. I may have cried a little when Jesse sacrificed himself for James. That was really cute. And I think that Lucy in herself is a really interesting character, both in her parabatinus with Cordelia. And when she's just writing, I think he, her and James's love for literature is amazing and makes me feel so proud to be a reader. Yes, we like books, but we can kill people if we need to as well, you know? <laughs> I just think it makes me so proud to have like what well, it's just lovely when you think of Will and Tessa having raised their kids on books like oh I mean it's so, it's so cute I love it so much basically <laughs> to wrap it all up Chain of Gold 
brings so much fun and joy and emotion and it's ah you know <laughs> and just before we move on i wanted to put one last point in there in london they have such a big community of people within the shadowhunter world that work really well within the book and also made it very kind of unique within the shadowhunters chronicles as the rest of the books have kind of the main characters being fairly isolated you know they're almost like outcasts from the community of shadow hunters people don't like them as much or they think they're weird or there's some sort of dispute about whether they should be shadow hunters or not whereas it was just so nice to see a good wholesome bunch of people you know there was just so many of them but it was so cool and it just i think it just made that big group it just made the book a bit more it kind of made it for me to be honest because it was just so unique and so interesting and it was a really different perspective which was really great so just before we go i think there's probably time for you know a good character's characters if this is your first time listening i basically have to make a tweet from a character from a fictional character's point of view and i have to give their opinion on something it's just a bit fun it's a bit random you probably get it once i start doing it but you know characters characters because it's a it's a character is in the book character and their characters on twitter because you know you have a character limit anyway bad name explaining aside let's uh let's see who we're using today so we are using gideon lightwood from the infernal devices okay okay and our subject is a typewriter so we're going to start off just by saying that it's gideon lightwood typewriters. It's got a long name, that's kind of annoying. Anyway, so obviously typewriters were kind of a new thing in Victorian England, so we'll say these things are just incredible. It's like you can write without a quill. It's this thing, it does it for you. Why haven't we thought of this before? Personally, I think they'll change the world. So I feel like kind of shadowhunters will kind of know about typewriters because they're kind of like utility stuff. Other than you know how they always say that Shadowhunters are old fashioned? Yeah. Basically, that's it. So then we're also going to put the hashtag Shadowhunters in fiction so people know it's made up. But this is the tweet you've got of Gideon Lightwood on typewriters, and I'm going to do a bad impression again because why not? These things are just incredible. It's like you can write without a quill. This thing does it for you. Why haven't we thought of this before? Personally, I think they'll change the world. But yeah, that was my characters' characters. Um, it was kind of random, but kind of cool. I think it's kind of a good creative writing exercise doing it because you can take into account people's personalities and their opinions on general things and then just whack it into a tweet. It was quite cool. So we're going to tweet that so that you can see it. These are all available on Twitter 
under the username at CS characters, big C, big S, small, the rest of it. But yeah, that pretty much wraps up this episode of Books, Books and More Books. I sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode and I would love for you to tune in next week for more bookish things. If you have any questions, book recommendations, opinions, or you just want to chat books, why not leave me a message on Instagram? It's at bookishbabblers. If you'd like to keep tabs on what I'm reading and a healthy dose of book photography in your feed, then why not follow me while you're there? Plug, plug, plug. But for now, I'll see you next week. Bye.